0: it's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at VisitspaceCoast.com.
1: Happy New Year, folks. It's the first Cricket Unfiltered for 2022. I'm Manners. I'm live in my bed, in my lounge room in Sydney. I'm joined by Paul Dennett. Paul, Happy New
2: Year. Happy New Year, Manners, and Happy New Year, listeners and viewers. It's a great new year. I'm very excited about uh, switching focus to the subcontinent. Australia has lots of challenges in the test match scene ahead. Um, We've got a World Cup this year as well. And I'm really excited. I think Australia can do really well over the next 12 months and maybe uh, tick a few unticked boxes in the subcontinent.
1: Yeah, you're right, and we'll, we'll certainly get to see what this team's made of. I mean, it's one thing beating up the hapless poms on home turf, but it's another thing uh, touring overseas and competing in those conditions. So you're right, a lot to look forward to. Thanks to everybody that's watching live on YouTube. Uh, we're going to obviously put the audio out on our podcast feed. I've got a very cricket-heavy day today, Paul. I um, was out at the SCG for the press conferences and the the two teams' training session, and then I'm heading to the Big Bash a bit later on tonight. the The Thunder are hosting the Strikers, and I'm and I'm keen to get a you know a vibe of what the players are feeling about the Big Bash. So I guess um, let's start with the Test match, and then we'll you know move into the Big Bash. But you know a lot of challenges um, for the Big Bash to face.
2: Yeah, um, uh, the one bright spot is the Ollie Davies is back. My my um, mm. my hero. He played a nice little cameo the other night. I saw. So uh, hopefully he can get some to runs tonight. I oh, yeah, I think that um, if I was a big bash player, I'd be. Um, oh, I don't know. It depends on your individual circumstances, but I think a lot of them would probably think if they have to lock it down and play the rest of the the season somewhere in like Melbourne, it wouldn't be the worst thing.
1: Hmm righty. Well, let me give you my uh, intel from uh, snooping around the SCG today, Paul. Um, mm-hmm. Zach Crawley was, was asked, you know, if restrictions were to become a bit tighter for the English cricket team, would he have a problem? He said no. He said, you know, they're almost through the tour, two tests to go. Let's just get it done. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, some of the senior players might feel differently.
2: I think that is the thing, though, that they can see the end in sight now. And... Um... It, it probably makes – um. It probably also there's a sense of that the restrictions wouldn't be so much as enforced on them, but some of them are probably going to um, naturally just um, restrict what they're going to do anyway. I mean, those who are health conscious and think, well, you know, the odds are if I'm double vaxxed and boosted, I'll be fine if I get it, but still, do I really want to get it and risk – Uh, getting long COVID or something happening or something happening to my family or whatever else. Or even just missing a
1: test match, missing missing a CG test.
2: That's the key. That's simple. Yeah. Uh, So I I think that 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 might be how they'd feel. But um, then again, you look ahead and there's so much cricket crowded into the schedule and um, they don't don't want to be living like they have been in the last uh, 18 months in perpetuity, of course.
1: Mm. Yeah, and Nathan Lyon drove up from Melbourne and Mitch Stark drove up as well, and they clearly did that because they didn't want to jeopardise, you know, catching COVID and missing the, the test. Interestingly, though, uh, we saw a tester in full PPE heading into the Australian dressing room, and that was because there's some local players that live in Sydney that have been staying at home, so they have to get tested before coming back into the team environment. So that's quite interesting. Um also, with the lineup for the, the test, so Mitch Marsh and Josh Inglis are coming to Sydney for the test match and the lead-up, but Nick Maddinson is staying in Melbourne but is still on standby. So I guess that means Mitch Marsh is probably next in line if someone goes down, and Inglis is obviously cover for Carey because they need someone to keep if Carey goes down, and then maybe Maddinson is the one after Marsh if someone um, tests positive.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it does look like Kawaja is going to be back in, and um, hmm. I think we've said it a lot of times on this show uh, that each time he's been dropped, he couldn't complain because he hasn't been dropped. I wouldn't say he's been ever dropped unfairly, but I think there's been times when they could have given him another go, and he's been out of the side maybe with a um, a little bit more speed than others have been. So uh, I certainly don't begrudge him getting another opportunity, and uh, who knows? Um, maybe with those tours of Asia coming up, um, he's had that wonderful century in, Pakistan, in the UAE the last time we were there. Hasn't done so much before that, but uh, he might figure in, the, in contention for that.
1: Yeah, Jim Maxwell was saying about Nick Maddinson on Twitter that he's a good player of spin. And I've seen Maddinson destroy spinners in the shield. But yeah. my question is, can he do that in the subcontinent? Because it's very different conditions playing spin bowling over there. You know, obviously a lot more turn, the ball slower. Uh, it's just very different to... You know, hitting spinners around in the shield.
2: It's the mindset as well that if he if he went over there and they had that Trevor Bayliss Owen Morgan mindset of uh, if you hit two consecutive fours and then you get stumped going for a third one, we're not going to criticise you. That's the way you play. That's one thing. But in a Test match, all of a sudden, if we've lost two or three quick wickets and the um, the spin just takes on that um, almost impossible set as it does in India, it's very difficult to start playing your shots with freedom. You play a big shot, get out, and the, the criticism will come. So I take your point.
1: Mm. Anyway, so that's sort of a couple of things. Also, um, a lot of the press box have actually contracted COVID, unfortunately. So there's mm. a lot of journalists going down um, in all parts of the broadcast, the media. Uh, so keep your phone on, Paul. You never know. We might be calling the first ball. Um <laughs> So, yeah, uh, and then I sort of heard a few mutterings of people about, uh, you know, why is the series really going on? It feels like it's going to be a bit hollow now. You know, we could have, you know, England don't have a coach. Uh, they're net bowlers today. So they had some net bowlers. One of them apparently tested positive for COVID, and therefore uh, there was no net bowlers for the English. So they were out in the middle just having throwdowns. Um, so it's got a very strange vibe about it. But uh, it's still the ashes and, you know, Australian cricket needs the money from these two test matches, uh, the TV money.
2: It hasn't reached anywhere near farcical stages yet. I mean, yes, the coach is not available. Some people might say that's to their advantage. Um, Yeah. But um, they're all still pretty much um, going to be first choice. If anything, it's Australia that's going to have our second player missing as a result of it if we got to the point where they were having to call up players from the Big Bash and here, there and everywhere, then you could start to say, okay, it's getting farcical now. But that's happened in the past, you know, when World Series cricket was on. Australia's A and B sides were playing World Series cricket. We well, had a I mean, third what, what side about, was it?
1: Who, was it Sean Young, the Tasmanian, happened to be playing cricket over in the 97 Ashes and got a test match?
2: Yeah, I mean, he played in not- the sixth test
1: yeah Um, it's not as you say it's part of cricket's folklore
2: yeah um and back in the in the early days um the the england sides that would tour australia were often just whoever wanted to go and who thought they could make a bit of money out of it they're often sides that were missing plenty of their best players the 1912 australian sides, i think the top six all refused to go because of a contractual dispute so it's not as though it's always been the very best of the best and so um and look, if they did have to mine some of the the, the BBL players for England, they're, they're fairly much of a muchness, some of those guys. Like if James Vince came in for um, any of the top few from England, it's kind of – their records are very similar.
1: Alex Hale should come in. He's not a he, – Owen Morgan's not here to keep him away, so why not? Just because he likes a bit of the gunge on the side, um, you know, bring him back in. Um, so <laughs> that was obviously a joke. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> clarifying. Uh so, yeah, look, uh, uh, it's not good. And going back even more history, it's not always been 11 v 11. Um, you know, you go back to really some of the early Ashes uh, encounters. Sometimes there was, you know, 13 would turn up, 14. And so I reckon we could let England play with a couple of extra um, and just it's maybe even the ashes, up the contest. No.
2: Well, That's in like. The ashes. The ashes it was like 11, the,
1: 11. Well, turn of the century cricket. You know, when the Palms no, no, would no, come, no. there'd be 18 v 11. Maybe even further back. But what I'm saying is we could let the POMs, you know, roll up with 15 to give us a good game.
2: Yeah. 1861, when England first came out, they most of their games Australia had a, the Australian sides had either 18 or 22. Exactly. And so
1: that,
2: and that was a feature for for several tours. But those matches weren't test matches and they weren't even given first class status. So well they um, should, you know. Let's not disparage our brethren from the eighteen hundreds too much. <laughs>
1: So you get my point. Like we could let the, the English roll out a few extra if they really get stuck. Um, and I, I made the joke, and it's true. Like it's going to be fun turning up at the SCG every day and just seeing who's playing. Because you know what? If like one of the players is like ninety not out at stumps, and then you rock up the next day, mate, he's wiped out. Is another one gone? Does the next player come in pick up a ninety not out, or do they start at like I, I ten? How does it work?
2: Um, if a ninety not out. um, I think if they were then ruled out, I think they'd have to be out. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I'd imagine. Um,
1: so I'm embracing the madness of this test. I um, know, oh,
2: actually, no. That, uh, yeah, it's a good question. I think, yeah, yeah, I think they'd have to be out. Anyway, you'd be, you be dirty
1: if you the, the guy um, resuming at 90 out, subbing in for you, got the ton, you know? <laughs> 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 Knock an easy tannins test time. Um unfortunately Glenn McGrath, pigeon, has contracted COVID um ahead of the pink test. So he was due to do a, a media appearance tomorrow. He's um regular yearly chat at the SCG ahead of the, the pink test, and obviously the third day, Jane McGrath day. Um, but unfortunately he's got COVID, he'll be in isolation. It works out that he he could come out the day before the third day, but obviously if he's got symptoms or yeah, I'm not sure he'll feel comfortable coming to the SDG and um, doing a number of appearance, appearances. Up. Who knows? So uh, that's a bit of a shame.
2: Yeah, it is. And David Boone has it as well. And, you know, the thing is that enough of these people get it, and we talk about it in terms of, oh, well, they're going to be unavailable for various things. Hopefully they're all been double-vaxxed and boosted and they'll be probably fine. But if enough of them get it, one or two of them probably get quite sick. So hopefully that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I... I think the Ashes, these two tests, should just be good cricket. I I can see why some people maybe are a bit lukewarm about them because it's 3-0. There's, you know, there's plenty of excuses now. If England get towed up, they'll just say, well, you know, we were in difficult conditions. If Australia lose a couple at the end, I don't know. To me, it's just a bit of fun now.
2: Yes and no, I mean obviously I'd rather it to still be the Ashes still alive but you look at some of the supposedly dead rubbers in the past like Steve Waugh's last ball hundred that is almost the most famous moment in Australian cricket of the 21st century that was in a dead rubber it was Absolutely. Australia leading up 4-0. Um, you know I think that more is made of that I remember last time around Kevin Peterson going on that oh nothing matters now you've lost the Ashes nothing matters oh, I wouldn't go that far I still think a test match, especially between Australia and England, especially at the Sydney Cricket Ground, and then at the um, Bell Reeve, its first ever Ashes test match. I, I still think that there's a lot on the line. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I think you misconstrued what I'm saying. I, I think there's not. I think it's just going to be you get those magic moments, but I can see why people like the broader context probably. Um, you know, it's not that important. But as you say, you get those fantastic moments. I never forget Warner a few years ago against Pakistan, a, a dead game. He hit 100 before lunch. You know, it was magic stuff. You know, you're right. Um, so, I, yeah, I heard you saying on the radio today, excellent spot on SCN, that you, you know, if Australia were to um, cough up the last two tests and it finished 3 2, it makes the series look a bit different.
2: Yeah. And that, I was, I was, phrasing that off off the back of people saying that we should pick Mitch Swepson for this match purely to give him experience uh, looking ahead. Now, Mitch Swepson's a, a much improved bowler and I, I, per se, I'm sort of prime facie, I have no problem with him being in the side. I think he's um, worthy of being a test match bowler, but I'm uncomfortable with Australia picking anything other than their best 11 to win this game. That's the only um, consideration that they should make because as I said, Uh, it's certainly not beyond the realms of possibility for England to have a good game. They're not hopeless. They've just had a a tour where a succession of bad things have occurred and fundamentally they're not as good as Australia, especially in Australian conditions. But if, um, you know, that was that that Steve Waugh test match that I told you about, England ended up winning winning that game because Mm. they got to bat first on the SCG and by the time of the fourth innings, it was very difficult. So if England won this next test match and then, got favourable conditions for the day-night game in Hobart and won that as well, it would look different. You know, 3-2, the 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 triumphant glow that Australians have would be somewhat muted.
1: Mm. Nathan Lyon was asked about picking Swepson and he he actually echoed, echoed what you said, that he, he thinks we should just play the best team for the match. It doesn't matter about the subcontinent later in the year. He said the pitch hasn't turned much in the last two years, so he's not sure, um, but... Zach Crawley looked at the pitch and then was asked about it and said uh, that he thought it would turn uh, more than, it would turn not quite as much as Adelaide, but there'd be more turn than the last match. So yeah,
2: um, hopefully it does. I mean, I yeah, I, I was disappointed with the test match pitch for the last Ashes in Sydney. Uh, I thought it was a bit um, lacking in, in life. So hopefully this one's got something for the, for the bowlers and it's not one of those ones where, you know, Batsmen, batsmen, crawl along at two point five and over, and and do it fairly risk free because that would be, that would be especially disappointing. I always think that when Sydney gets it right, it's possibly the best spectacle in terms of bat versus ball in the country, but um, it hasn't been as great in in recent years. Although I think it's probably on the way up.
1: Yeah. I would like to see Swepson play if conditions are conducive to spin I, just because I think it'd be fun to see a, a league spinner make his test debut at the SCG and I remember Shane Moore making his debut there against India will be almost 30 years ago next year so um, yeah um, if conditions are conducive I think they should take a, a punt this year yeah, yeah
2: 91 two. too yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah I mean it, it, again I think if it's the right thing to do then do it but the notion that he needs to get his debut out of the way because debut games you can't be relied upon to perform. Someone should tell Scott Boland that. Like, imagine <laughs> if only we would given him a, a test match before the MCG, he might have taken all twenty wickets at the MCG. Uh,
1: Jason Crazier did okay as well in his test debut. It was his only test, wasn't it? Um, w- what about um, what are you looking forward to then in the Sydney Test?
2: Well, um, hopefully it goes off without a hitch and um, hopefully it does give a bit of life and uh, a bit of spin. I think the weather forecast is better than people think. I always say that and um, I'm often proven right. And then other times I'm staring at the rain and thinking, I wish I hadn't made these uh, (laughs) overly positive (laughs) prognostications. But in my endless battle to get a weather app that I trust, uh, Robin Chipperfield mentioned, recommended the BBC app. But I never considered that given that, you know not necessarily a meteorological uh website but i've come to really uh, trust the bbc hour by hour forecast and it's actually not that bad so what i'm looking forward to is a result um i'm especially looking forward to seeing as i always do um smith and labashane bat because whenever those two walk out with their current averages as they are in that almost um almost rarefied air it's exciting and i really hope that both of them Play with a little more, a little bit more uh, aggression than they've shown in previous test matches because I think that's the right way to go.
1: Yeah, I, I echo those sentiments. I'm really looking forward to seeing Smith back. I think he's due for a big score. I'm also um, hoping Green and uh, Carey are six and seven. Just maybe put on some runs. Green's looked a little bit, sh- a little bit rusty at the the crease and being dismissed early. Uh, but I'd just like to see him settle in and play a substantial innings in this test match and um, Yeah, and one thing we haven't mentioned is there's, you know, I'd like Kerry and Warner to just work out this issue where a couple of balls have just gone straight between them in this series. I think, you know, that's a real relationship between the keeper and the first slip, and I don't think they've quite nailed that yet. So it hasn't cost us in this series, but I'd actually like to see them sort that out because a couple of really glaring chances um, went through between them, I think, twice in this series.
2: Yeah. And Each time I thought Maxwell would have caught that, whether he's that keeper or first slip. Uh-huh. Um,
1: <laughs> well the but, thing is carrying sort of wrong footed and that didn't even try. That was yeah, that was the thing. I mean, I I
2: have never been a wicker keeper, and so I, I can't say it with great confidence, but I always think that um the keeper should feel like they can dive with um impunity. And sometimes when they do dive and they end up dropping it, and you look back and they've taken it slightly to the to the right of first slip. If it's a right-handed batter, you think. Maybe the first slip is standing far too close, but um, yeah, I think that Kerry should just should, should just go for them.
1: Yeah, agree. Agree. You're better off going for them. Well, right, anything you want to add to the test match, Paul?
2: Um no. Um I think that it'll be interesting to see what type of crowds turn up there. As I understand it, there's no artificial limitations on the size, is that right?
1: I haven't heard of any limitations, but judging by the way the city is at the moment, it's pretty dead everywhere. So I don't know. I can't see. Yeah, I can't
2: see big crowds. um, But you know, fifteen thousand, twenty thousand at the SCG is still a. That's enough to give it some life, as much in the way that forty thousand at the MCG, particularly on that second afternoon, sounded like eighty thousand. So um, yeah, um, if you do go, wear a mask indoors, please.
1: Absolutely. I went to the Big Bash two nights ago at the SCG, a great game between the Sixers and the Heat. Mad Cup game. Didn't look like it was going to be a great game, but it was a great game. And um, there was a a, – I didn't see the crowd figure, but it was certainly down on normal Sixers games for that time of year. But I would say probably, you know, half to two-thirds of the crowd, I would expect. So, you know, I think the figures you're – you, you just said a pretty good, if they can get 15,000 there a day, they'll be doing terrific. All um, right. I can totally understand why people want to stay at home and not catch public transport and just watch yeah. it in the comfort of their own home um, where this, yeah, I can totally get that vibe.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um to be quite honest, I don't understand anyone who'd want to go um, in, the, in the current I'll be moment. there every day,
1: and I'm going to big bash tonight. Um. But I'll be wearing a mask <laughs> the whole time. And and I go by myself when I socially distance, so it's pretty yeah. easy. Um, I, yeah, still, so,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still think that um, with potential hospitals being overrun and everything else, um, yeah, it's not... Having said that, if they do... Um, call me up and say, would you like to commentate? I'll take the risk. But um, that would be about the only thing. That... Either that or if they get me to bat number three, then I might go.
1: God, if you're batting number three, then yeah, then we are in trouble. Um, <laughs> all righty, let's move on to the big bash. News today that a couple of scorches players have tested positive for COVID. Uh, that means, um, you know, three clubs now have been affected, the Stars, the Thunder and the Scorchers. You have to think more will be affected. You know, we'll get into the sort of the details of the latter, but... You know, I I feel sorry for the big bash, Paul, because we've been saying for two years, you know, they need to do a few things to improve it, but they've got so many challenges, uh, you know, then they're they're now just dipping into great cricketers and stuff, which is fine.
2: Yeah. They've just got to do whatever they can, and I think that we've just got to suspend our criticism or not. Um, You know, maybe there won't be a need for criticism, but when normal times resume, only then will we really get a sense of, of where the big bash Is at I think we all agree it's significantly lower than its peak about four years ago, but obviously it's nowhere near as low as the current uh, venue figures would indicate. Um, I've kind of, I heard you say the other week, and I've kind of, I think I might agree with you that maybe they, and I I hate myself for saying this because I always didn't say this, but maybe there is something for going back to a, a, a tournament that lasts just for the length of, January and, and the last week or so in December and not trying to have it a double round robin, um, and, and, you know, going back to uh, what what absolutely worked and what got the crowds in, I, you know, I, I'm starting to come around to that way of thinking, unfortunately.
1: And, look, I think there's a couple of things in that. Firstly, the WBBL is great as a double round, a 14-round competition. Everyone plays each other twice, but there's no other strong Uh, domestic female leagues apart from the new 100 comp, so they've got no competition so they should play it that way but since we did our big smash podcast you know the the international landscape has significantly changed not just COVID that that obviously makes it even harder to get international players here but you've got all these other T20 T10 tournaments that have popped up around the world and around the same time that have a far bigger pockets and a uh, you know, more, uh, I guess, enticing for a lot of international players. So I don't think it's when we were pushing for a 14-1. I don't think actually think we got it wrong, but I think they need to adapt now because it's clear that it's, it's yeah, maybe just a few too many games
2: per team. Yeah, and it's a crazy calendar where cricket in Australia really, if they had their way, they'd play every single game in January. <laughs> and, um hmm. You know, the season would start on Boxing Day and finish on um, the first of February, and that's just not sustainable. You can't do yeah. that. But I can see why that's what they're what they're trying to do. But it would be incredible for Indians to contemplate having a, an IPL on and having none of their best players available, and yet that's what we that's what we do.
1: Yeah, and th- that, that's the frustrating thing because what the comp- competition needs is fifteen or twenty world class players, and yes. we've got them, but they're in the in the whites preparing for an ash test so that that is frustrating um one it thing is. though you come
2: so one thing on that i mean if you could imagine if they could have a way where they you know maybe if the sydney test match was the end of the um international summer at least until february maybe they have a few white ball games then if they could uh convince the bcci to allow the indians to come and you could have a a four or five week big bash with each franchise having global superstars and, you know, currently players who are the bread and butter of the Big Bash struggling to even get a game because the standard is so high, it would be, it would be an unbelievably good competition. It would be so much fun.
1: Absolutely. I've actually enjoyed, though, this week's cricket in the Big Bash. There have been some notable performances. Ben McDermott made back-to-back centuries, the first player to do that. The Brisbane Heat have been involved in, been involved in a couple of epic games. I mean, against the Sixers two nights ago, uh, or f- where was it, three nights ago now at the SCG I've Lost Track of the Days, they were sure. looked down and out, and it was an absolute thriller. Uh, you know, they were bowled out for 105, and the Sixers got there off the last ball. Um, so there has been good cricket, and last night the Heat they were six for 70 and made 150 and then beat the Hurricane. So the players have actually been putting on a good show,
2: yeah. I mean, the highlight for me was that catch of Abbott. I think that's um off Lynn, that's up there with one of the best catches I've seen, um, in a I'm long s- time. I think I'm so yeah, I'm are,
1: so go- Yeah, go.
2: those are the hardest ones where it's absolutely mm. middled and he had to dive full, full length. Um, I, I'm struggling to think of a better catch I've seen than that for quite some time. I think
1: absolutely, and I um actually was glad because I was there and I decided to go to the the members stand, the the men's the top deck, and um, the pitch was quite close and I was quite close and I saw Abbott take that catch and it was just it was just unbelievable. You yeah. know, like at the ground, it was just incredible. And he said afterwards that his hand hurt a bit, like it was crystalline, smashed it somehow, it just stuck in his mitt. Um yeah, so, look, yeah, look, it's been good games. Um, I've got the ladder here, Paul. So, at the moment, the top five, which is the, the finalists, uh, Sydney Sixers are in top spot on 23 points, Scorchers second spot, 21 points, Hurricanes third, 17 points, Thunder fourth, 16 points, Heat fifth, 14 points. Then you've got the Stars just outside the top five on 10 points, and then the Strikers eight points, and the Renegades seven points. Um, so, oh, look, I think the Renegades and the Strikers will struggle. It's not mathematically impossible. The Renegades have lost a lot of players. The Strikers have a good bowling lineup, but I just have concerns about their batting. And the Stars, well, I mean, I feel sorry for them. Yeah, they're just doing well to get a team out there. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think this, the Sixes and the Scorchers are the teams to beat.
2: Definitely, um, I think the Hurricanes, on their day, could could cause some upsets. I think that they're. Um... They're a pretty well-balanced side. Um, I was watching... Um, I watched that game in full, um, the one that was on last night, and I was really impressed with the... just the vibe coming out of the group. I sort of thing that I would not normally say because I think these intangibles are sometimes overestimated in their importance. But Peter Hanscom was so relaxed. The coach seems... Uh, Griffiths seemed really relaxed and intelligent. Um, they, they seem like a side that's playing just for the fun of it. And I, I think that if... Um, You know, whichever of the Scorchers or Sixers finish second probably won't enjoy having to play them if they end up having to play them to make it into the final.
1: And Wade's dangerous. If Wade has a good night, well, that can be it for you. You know, he can smash 90 or 40 balls and can be curtains for your big bash season.
2: Yeah, and um, they need to get um, Darcy Short playing a few more shots.
1: Yeah, he's really come off the boil. I don't know what's happened to him.
2: I think you should just go out there and, and just um, bat like Gilchrist did that day in 2006 7 at the Wacker where he was struggling a little bit and just sort of sort of just going to hit through the line and, um, and, and go for it.
1: Yep. All right. Anything you want to add on to our big bash chat before I get through all these questions from our intrepid viewers from all around the world? No, let's do it. All right. Um, well, just, uh, this is just Scott, um, 11 p.m. in Wisconsin. Pretty pumped for this live show, guys. Thank you. And then he said, Paul made a really good guest with Chicago. It's only a couple of hours away. And he grew I'm up in Coffs, grew up in Coffs Harbour. Thanks for the life story. Now I've got a question for you. No, no, no. First From- of
2: all, let's reflect on his um, praise and of me, where I was, I was trying to guess where he was based on his time. And, uh, ah, well done. A couple of episodes ago, thinking that he was not on the East Coast, but he was in the, to the next um, zone of central time, which I think that is right. So um, greetings to Scott in Wisconsin, ex Coffs Harbour.
1: Now, Scott asked a question. Does Curtis Patterson dele- deserve selection ahead of Madison
2: I don't think so. I think that Madison has had a very bumper last three years or so since he moved down to Victoria. And I think his figures really backed that up. So I, I, and I also, um, I just like his aggression, and I think that that's something that is uh, underestimated, the significance of that. So, uh, I mean, Patterson's not, not too far away, but I think that Madison is deservedly ahead of him at the moment.
1: Yeah, Patterson's been a real surprise in the Big Bash. He made a quick 50 while we've been recording, actually. It's on in the background. So, And he's actually played a few really good knocks, and it's not his natural style. And I heard... Um, I heard that he made a technical adjustment, that he's he's not um, holding his bat up anymore. He's kind of tapping it a bit more, and it's helping his rhythm. And it, it did feel for a couple of years there that Patterson was, uh, I guess, a little bit stodgy and, and didn't, didn't look quite flowing at the crease. Well, he certainly got that back. He's a fine player. I, I would think we'll see him again in Test cricket. All right, you're
2: up. Uh, from Brewer74, chances of Sydney Test being called off, will it go to day four?
1: Absolutely not. It will not get called off unless there is some crazy circumstance where I don't know, all 20 English squad members get it. Even then I still think they'll ring in replacements. Um, there's enough POMs that live in Australia. Uh, and, and the reason being, and I heard Nick Cummins talking about this, who's the, the GM of Cricket Victoria, and he was asked a question on radio, is it, you know, worth playing a big bash game at Sydney Showground at 9 o'clock uh, between the Scorchers and Say the renegades. I can't remember who it was, and no one's there. You know what does that do? And come and said, "Well, look, honestly, if the, the TV companies were there on the pitch, giving us the million dollars for the game before the toss, you wouldn't ask that question." And I think it's the same thing with this TV, um, with the Sydney Test. I mean, that it's it's not, and it's not one million dollars for a test. It's multiples of that. So you can just imagine, you know, them the TV networks closing the case and taking it away when they call off the Test match.
2: Yes. That's exactly what happened in the final test match of the India-England series not that long ago. I think the the issue would be if they caught the – if the positive tests came midway through the match because if suddenly, um, you know, three or four players from either side tested positive during the match, then even though in theory you can bring in all these replacements, I think the feeling would soon be, wait a minute, is this getting farcical plus – the other players who have not yet tested positive have been sharing the same dressing room. It could get, bit, could get a bit dicey there. But I agree with you. They'll be very, very reluctant to call it off, of course.
1: Yeah. Will well, right. it
2: go to day four? Um, as I said, I think that the rain might not be as prominent as people expected. Uh, but I still think that it probably will go to day five.
1: Is it my turn? I think it is Brewer74. Is Hazelwood confirmed or is Boland still in? Will the two spinners actually ever happen at the SCG again? Kind of dealt with the second part before. Um, I I actually, Nathan Lyon was asked about Hazelwood and said he's doing okay, but he's not confirmed either way yet.
2: I think they'll be very cautious with that type of injury. You don't want to bring him back too soon. Um, I don't think that... Even if, even if Hazelwood wasn't in, I still think they'd probably go for Richardson ahead of Boland. Is that the sense that you're getting as well? I didn't get much
1: of a sense from them about that. They, Just because they, I
2: think they've, they've kind of tried to say, we do have a, a pecking order and we want to stick to that. They've been aware of players in the past saying that they felt that there was no rhyme nor reason for selection. So I think they're going to say now, well... Um, Yes, Boland had a wonderful test match, but with the body of work that both of them had put together, Richardson was ahead of him, so one test match doesn't change that.
1: Yeah, that certainly could happen. Absolutely. Um, All righty.
2: From Scott Martin again, are COVID replacements equivalent to concussion replacements? Pretty much, I think, yeah.
1: And Jose, do you think England will escape with a draw considering the weather predictions?
2: The draw is um, highly favoured at the moment in in speculation. Um, But I think um, at this stage, if I had to put my life on the line, I'd say that the draw is still the third most likely option. I think an England win is the second most likely option and an Australian win is obviously the most likely.
1: I think beware the team that has nothing to lose. This English this English team has a lot of talent and, and, you know, when you're freed from any consequence, freed from expectation, uh, there's enough talent there that they could surprise Australia.
2: Absolutely. And they, you know, that's the way that they should be playing Their, their conservative methods so far have been part of the problem. They didn't bowl first in the, in the Brisbane test match because they were too defensive. They've pitched a meter shorter than they should have because they've been too defensive. Ben Stokes, has a strike rate of about 30 with the bat during the series because he, along with most of them, have been too defensive. If they come out and play with judicious aggression, then th- their chances of winning will substantially improve.
1: And last one, Jose, as per Sydney Morning Herald this morning, Boland will be retained. Well, we'll see. Um, we'll see what the captains say tomorrow at their press conferences. Um, but yeah, I, I know that. Um, if Richardson has any niggle, they won't risk him. He had too much of a long layoff uh, the season before last, so they certainly yeah. wouldn't rush him back. All righty, Paul, anything um, you want to add before we go?
2: No, just that what I was saying at the start, that looking ahead um, beyond these test matches, it's a very exciting year. If, if everything can, um, can come together, That uh, just talking purely in terms of, of test matches, that we've got um, the Tour of Pakistan with three tests in March and April, Then we've got the one off, um, sorry, the two tests against Sri Lanka in June and July, um, one off test against Afghanistan in September, and then four tests in India in September through November. So uh, I think this time next year, we'll know a lot more about where this Australian side stands. I've been puzzled by a lot of the English commentators at great pains to say that this is not a great Australian side and that. You know that they've got a lot of wrong, with, a lot wrong with them, and a lot of frailty and fragility. I agree, it's not a great side, but I, I think it's a lot better than they are giving it credit for. And I wouldn't be surprised if Australia actually performed really well on those tours. So a little bit for the medium term, but I'm I'm really excited about the prospects there.
1: I mean, I'm excited just for Australia to go on tour. They haven't gone on tour and played Test Cricket since the 2019 Ashes Tour, and there's obviously COVID's the main reason, but I would love to see Australia play in foreign conditions. And I think, you know, green adds a lot. It really gives us a real, uh, you know, a real way we can structure the side, you know, and and cover all the bases, play two spinners, and you're right, it's going to be great.
2: Providing that when he bats in the subcontinent, he's not going out there scoring eight off forty-two because there's no future in that. He's got to bat with, especially on those pitches mm. where thirty or forty is a good score. Um, use his height and really um, give the ball a bit of a crack.
1: Yeah, KP style, foot down the wicket, bang, bang, it's just that <laughs> easy with the ball turning square. <laughs> with Ashwin turning it square, Jadeja at the other end, and then oh just Bumrah back. and uh, Shami when you you know when you get through them.
2: Yeah, no, just belt them. That's the way. Yeah. It's so easy. All
1: righty. Well, after that insightful bit of analysis, um, I'm <laughs> going to beat every day of the test. So, Paul, I guess we'll have to record Cricket Daily a little bit later to give me time to get back from the ground. Um
2: Or yeah, you could um, just do it on the ground.
1: That would be good. I will try for that. I mean, they're, they're not paranoid about biosecurity at all anymore. I mean, it, at it at is – lit- Yes. <laughs> uh, they might even, I don't even know if the. I mean, there's a whole sort of broadcast section that's kind of sectioned off now um, because they obviously don't want any cross-contamination. And, um, you know, I usually love the socialising test match in the media box, but now, you know, A, you've got to recognise who it is behind the mask, and then by the time you've done that, they're gone. So it's just like, okay.
2: Isn't your normal mode as run to pick all the English journalists out you can and walk up and say something offensive to them?
1: not today there was only a few and they look pretty broken like normally when they get to sydney for the fifth test they're pretty downcast i think a lot of them are just happy to be out of england because it's a lot worse there than it is here and and look 2022 i'm being friendly i'm getting into nrl um a lot's changing um so yeah it's it's a new it's going to be a good year
2: stay tuned to nrl unfiltered in march everyone
1: I think that's taken – I think we want to call it my first NRL season or my only NRL season or something. Um, Anyway, that's a project we're working on in the background. Um, Thanks, everyone. See you, Paul.
2: See ya.
0: On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds, kind of like right now, driving at your desk, maybe at the gym, But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at VisitspaceCoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.